Welcome to Tech Junior. All right, welcome to Tech Junior. Uh, my name is Lee Work. I'm a full stack JavaScript developer, and I have with me Eddie. Yeah, I'm Eddie. Um, I'm a full stack JavaScript and a designer. <laughs> I did it quicker this time. <laughs> Eddie's intro is different every episode. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we have a um, a special guest with us today. We have uh, Roy Jossfolk, uh, who is a freelance um, developer in Orlando. So, Roy, if you want to introduce yourself. Thanks. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yep. My name is Roy Jossfolk, and uh, I've got about 14 years experience with both freelancing and consulting, um, creating my own online businesses and things of that nature. Um, and uh, just looking forward to sharing my experiences with uh, some of the younger developers out there so they can not make the same mistakes that I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's the goal, right? Um, so yeah, that's I know, always the goal. Uh, <laughs> we're obviously a, a podcast focused on junior developers, and I think a lot of juniors kind of get into v development and they think, uh, oh gosh, you know, I can get a job and then on the side I can make a little bit of extra money. You know, so the, I think the freelance thing is, is in the back of a lot of people's minds when they get into this. So I'm really interested to know what you think about people that are kind of brand new developers. Um, should they even get into freelance or is that like a valid thing to, to start trying to do? Or what do you think about that? I definitely think it is. Um, I'm definitely behind all of the junior developers taking their you know shots at freelancing. Just because there's, you know, when you're first starting, there's a lot of time in between you get your first interviews, your first, you know, job opportunities and things of that nature. And um, why not fill in that time um, with trying to complete some work for clients and maybe that ends up, you know, being your full time thing. Or like you said, there's nothing wrong with going to work and, and making some money on the side. Um, especially if you're younger and, you know, maybe you're single or you don't have a lot of stuff going on, you have a little bit more uh, free time. So it's, it's definitely something that the junior developers should look at very seriously um, instead of just going straight to trying to get a nine to five job. Okay. Um, so if that's the case, then, I mean, it's kind of that classic catch 22 of, well, if I don't have experience, you know, I can't get a job. Therefore, like, how am I going to get, how am I going to convince somebody to hire me to do like their website, right? Yeah. And that's the interesting part. You know, the thing is, is you have two different barriers to entry. I think the barrier to entry for getting a nine to five job is extremely high. I mean, they need someone who's competent. Um, they, they have to have experience with dealing with maybe projects that move quickly and change direction often. And if you're brand new, I mean, you truly don't, you know, it's like you, you go to school or you go to the boot camp and you learn how to work within the frameworks and, and work with some internet tools, but then you get in the real world and you're like, oh wait, there's hosting, there's you know all these other different aspects to it that I have no idea about, um, and that's like a job, right? With freelance, the only barrier is your ability to sell your services. The fact that you're new isn't really relevant because you can get clients that need something very simple, um, they don't need some complex React application. Um, they just need to put up an e-commerce store, right? They may need some customizations. Um, maybe they just need help with adding a few plugins and fixing up their Google My Business profile. You know, anything internet related at that point because they have no technical ability. And these are simple things that really just a Google search and, you know, a little bit of t uh, tinkering around, you pretty much can do it. It's not necessarily coding always, but it starts to show you these 
other duties that you have as a web developer or a mobile app developer that aren't necessarily so focused on how to write a function. And I think that's where, you know, depending on the type of person you are, um, you can maximize, um, you know, the money that you make by, with the time that you spend, maybe if you're working freelance, because it's not as complicated as getting a job at, say, one of the bigger companies in town or a really good agency that's moving quick. You know, they need someone who instantly can can start helping them. They don't have, you know, if they're an agency, they don't really have time to pay someone to teach them. Um, that's hard because you're basically working on the, on the, you know, you're, they're charging their client and you, they can only make so much. So it's important that every hour spent is something that brings value. So it's definitely an option and I don't think people should be afraid of it. There's no one asking you algorithm questions before you start their project. It's mostly you just interacting with people and saying, what's your requirement um, and is this something I know how to do, or me and a group of people can do it, really. I mean, you could go to boot camp and end up being a project manager on freelance projects just because you know a lot of developers. So I think it's a little bit more flexible. You go into a job and you're this. You know, you're this developer and you're working on this feature and you're working within this framework. It's not as flexible. You don't get to learn as much. So right. it just depends. Yeah, I think... Um you know, whenever I thought about it coming out of like boot camp, I kind of just like all the things you mentioned still, they sound scary. Like, ooh, e-commerce mm -hmm. site. Oh man, what do I have to learn for that? Do I have to learn like Shopify or WordPress or plugins or gosh, do I have to code my own shopping cart? And like all that stuff is kind yeah. of terrible sounding. But I mean, over the yeah. conversations that we've had, it sounds like it's just a matter of like sitting down and checking it out or trying it. Yeah, I think if you've sat through the boot camp and successfully have done all the projects and, you know, maybe you've gone to school and successfully been through the coursework, some of the freelance projects you might get are just, you know, in a day or two, you can kind of get to a point where now you're just writing HTML, CSS and JavaScript. You've gotten through all the boilerplate stuff that you need to know um, because, you know, maybe it's WordPress, right? And you've never installed it before, but I mean, you know, in 10 steps or even less actually in some instances, um, you're up and going and then you're just developing a website at that point. But like you said, people are a little nervous because you don't know what you don't know and that kind of deters people from, from looking at it. But if you ask me, the stuff they're teaching at the bootcamp is way more compl complicated than what the average client is gonna want you to do. Um, I think just Looking back, like, you know, I've done apps, you know, done a bunch of different things, web apps and stuff, but a, a majority of people, you know, back in the day, it was just like a purely like, oh, put my business online. Like they weren't selling anything online, but they just needed a, a website, right? It was like the corporate site. Now you do a lot less of that and there's always some sort of e-commerce component to it. Um, so you're basically working within Shopify or w WordPress and all these different, all these different, uh, platforms. Um, so that's going to be the majority of the work, especially as a newer dev where you're working within a tier of, you know, people, maybe you're just meeting, you know, out or friends or whatever it may be. Those are the type of projects they probably need. They probably have something they want to sell online. So you're probably looking likely. at like a lot of, um, home businesses or startups or something <clears throat> that have some kind of retail aspect and that's kind of the sites that you're likely going to land definitely i would i would say you can make a good amount of money just working within the e-commerce niche because everybody's selling something online at this point so 
um, that's that's really where it's at, I would say. Okay. Um, I know a lot of people, when they are getting started, they kind of look at uh, sites like Fiverr and Upwork and stuff. Have you ever yeah. had any experience with those, or <clears throat> what, what do you think about those? Now... I've never actually used one of those sites, but um, I've I've like looked at it and like obviously you know and a long time ago it was like elance.com. I don't even know if they still have it or not. I'm sure they do, but um, you know this is the thing. Like uh, I was thinking about it, it's 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 basically a race to the bottom. So you're there competing with people solely on price, and that's not really a good position for you to be in, in terms of you know if you want to make good money. You know what I mean? So there's a difference. And like, when I talk about, uh, the industry, I talk about it from a standpoint of someone that I, I want to make good money. You know, I want to make good money. You know, I want to have a lot of free time. You know, I want to live the dream. I'm not really interested in, you know, you know, I want to help people, the people that are hiring me, but I'm not here to give free handouts. So when you start going to Upwork and Fiverr, you're competing with people all over the world where the cost of living could be much lower. And they can take a lot less and, you know, you don't want to be pressured into that situation or even being in the mindset of um, bringing your prices down, you know, because I think there's a there's a, you know, the rest of the world that's not on those those websites. I mean, Fiverr, especially five dollars. There's not anything you should be doing for five dollars. Um, <laughs> so I really don't recommend them. Now, I'm sure there's people that have great success with these sites and I'm sure, you know, some people are making good money, right? Like it's not everyone, but I think you're, you're better off kind of networking the old fashioned way and sort of going about it that way because you're going to get higher fees, um, better projects, and you're not going to be competing. Most people aren't out there shopping around 10 developers. Most people who come across you, once they know that you're a developer and you can pretty much get on a level with them um, within the first conversation where you're clicked, I mean, they're not out shopping around. Rarely has that ever, I'm not competing with anyone, really. I'm just trying to convince one person or a group of people that own a business. So to me, I think those sites, um, I would steer clear of them, especially if you're brand, if you're brand new, um, because there's a lot of seasoned people on there. They're getting, they're getting stuff done fast. They're telling people, yeah, we'll get this done in a week. And you're like, a week? Oh my Lord, this is an entire application. So you have no idea what their operation is and that's not, it's just not a good spot to be in. I wouldn't recommend it. Yeah, I had a, I mentioned those sites because I've had students approach me um, as like a working at a boot camp and being like a teaching assistant or a tutor and they kind of ask me, oh, you know, I, I'm checking out like Upwork or something or what do you think? I actually had one student that he was like one of the top of the class in um, the class that I was teaching. And he told mm. me that he built a game in JavaScript on uh, Upwork um, for like a, you know, some kind of like advertising pop-up kind of thing where it was okay. like a, um, one of those games where you shuffle the cups around and you have to follow like the jewel or something like that. Uh, and okay. he got paid, I think 300 bucks for it. <laughs> wow. And so I asked him, yeah. I asked him how long it took him, and he said, oh, I don't know, like 10 or 12 hours. I was like, oh, my gosh, man. <laughs> that just didn't I smell mean, right to me. Yeah, at the end of the day, there should be nothing for $300 that you're willing to do. I mean, honestly, you know, like I just, you know, and I talk about this a lot. Like I feel like we're in a time right now where we have the leverage. I mean, we have the skills. Every person on the planet to survive has to sell something or work somewhere. Most of it's a digital internet-based internet company. 
Um, and there's not a lot of people in the world in comparison to other industries that actually do that are good, right? Like that actually can do it. Not like somebody who like fired up a template and just exchange out some images, which also can be a form of freelancing and, and being a developer, right? There's all these different levels. But what I'm saying is, um, there's there, the, the competition, there's not a lot of competition. And, but there's a lot, everybody needs a, a, to be online. I don't care if you're a food truck or a frozen yogurt cart at the, you know, Optimus Field at the football games on Saturday. Everybody's got a website and um, everybody needs something. So I think um, you should be trying to uh, get as much as you can, actually. And I guess the smaller projects for $300 are for the people that didn't listen to the podcast or attend one of my talks. And <laughs> if they don't know that, then that's on them. But if you're listening now, I'm telling you, uh, I mean, I have heard, we, like I said, we heard that one situation. I won't get into the details of it, but where someone made pretty, you know, we don't know how long a day is to some people, but it seemed pretty solid. I mean, 300 bucks in a day, it's pretty good, I guess, $1,500 a week or whatever. So that's, that's pretty solid, but I think you should be aiming higher than that. I think we're in that that time and we don't know how long that's going to last. I mean, people are going learning the code every day. Kids are learning the code. Um, mm -hmm. The UX designers of the future are the kids that can't even read, but they navigate YouTube um, to their favorite things. So I think that the time is now and you shouldn't wait and think that, oh, I just got out of boot camp and maybe I should give someone a deal. It's like, who's giving you a deal? You know, they didn't even give you a deal at the boot camp. You know, no one, no one along the line is cutting you a deal. Um, because every money money needs to be made and it's just business and I think if you're a new doctor or a new whatever and you start like a specialty which I consider development and stuff like that to be um, you're not paying a cheaper price like it's the call that the, the industry standard is the industry standard and I think that that should be it now it's up to you to convince someone to spend that the amount that you want them to spend some people may just not be convinced by you. They're, they, don't, they don't trust you or has nothing to do with the cost of the services. They can afford it. It's so up it, to you to, yeah, go ahead. Is it okay to take like a couple hundred bucks off or something or charge a little bit less if it's your first job or should you avoid that? I have to give a hard no on that. Um, you know, you're better off working on your own stuff on your free time than giving people deals. Because there's nothing that anybody's going to have you do that needs a deal that is going to be groundbreaking for your growth. It's probably going to be a project you don't want to be a part of, more than likely. Because people who are serious about their stuff, they're not spending $300. They're spending $3,000. they are spending $30,000. they are spending $300,000. So there's levels to it, and I think that... Um, I don't know, unless you're living life where everybody's giving you deals and stuff left and right. Um, I don't live that life. No one gives me a deal when I go anywhere. So at the end of the day, why, why should I be the one? So maybe have like a little higher standard for your time, I guess, and be selective on the projects that you take. Yeah, I mean, you, listen, advice. you don't have to go overboard, right? I mean, you don't have to go crazy, but I think that a developer should make, I don't know, 30 bucks an hour minimum. I don't know, more than a little bit more than that. I mean... You should be able to, you got to look at your own, your own like lifestyle. And I, <clears throat> I don't know what someone, what a lot of money to someone else is. My interpretation of a lot of money is much different probably than a lot of other people. I think you need to sit back and say, well, I'm starting this career and I either have a previous career or I've never had a job. How much is it that I actually need to make 
right? To be comfortable, right? Pay all my bills, be able to go enjoy myself, take my girlfriend or my wife out, my kids, whatever. There's a number there. And you cannot spend a month of a one month of time getting paid less than what it costs you to live, right? Who wins in that situation? No one. Um, so you have to figure out what your thing is. I have my thing and I try to reach for that or more as much as I can, really. So I think that's the question that you just, you know, look at, look at, look at your expenses. I mean, at the end of the day, you have to, you take on a career, you take a new job because hopefully it's advancing you in some way, whether it be financially or it's closer to your house, whatever it may be, um, make sure it's meeting those requirements and then, and then break down your time from there. Figure out what your hour is worth, what you need to make. How much do you want to work? Do you want to work 40 hours or do you want to work 20 hours or 60 hours? You know, how often do you want to work? And then just literally add it up and, and you should have your number. Okay. I have a question. Um, so what's your advice if you're trying to get a client and they bring up something like Wix or Squarespace and <laughs> yeah, I was something just like that? that. <laughs> yeah. Um... To me, at the end of the day, they need a professional who can get it done right the first time. And mm -hmm. I don't care if it's a template or whatever it is. You need me to do something that you need. This is what my time costs. Obviously, if someone says, hey, you know, I mean, I personally probably wouldn't work on a Wix site. And we'll, we'll get into that champion client. Like, how do you find the right client? Because now we're getting down to a whole different area. But for me, I'd probably just... I'd stay around the same price, to be honest. I mean, it, does, it doesn't matter to me, the technology, how long is this thing going to take me and what is my time worth? I mean, that's really what it comes down to. It could be cheap, right? If it only takes me two hours, but I most likely wouldn't take on a two-hour project because I want something that's long-term that just like a nine-to-five job, you have a little bit of security. You know that you have, okay, worst case scenario here with this client, he's got six months runway, so I can kind of plan what I'm doing for that time and prepare for when it's over. So if you had somebody walk up to you and they're like, Hey, Roy, I need a website. Uh, it's <clears> just a, a one pager for my business or something. Would you, you know, if they had a low budget, let's say they had like 300 bucks or 200 bucks or something, oh, dude. would you just tell them like, Hey man, go make it on Wix or something? Or would you take them on and then make it yourself um, in, in Wix or something? Or I'd probably point that? them to like themeforest.com and say, buy a template for 60 bucks and just follow the instruction and fire it up and replace the images. And <laughs> when you've made money with your business or you're looking to invest more in it, like I can definitely help you. Um, but this is the, this is where, it, this is the, this is the key part here. Did you see what I just did? I instructed that person on how to start their online business. So if you're running into a lot of people that do that to you, this is how you win. You just create like an online course on how to get started with a template, any template from ThemeForce. How do I install it? How do I, how do I look at the documentation? And then you just sell them, them that for 300 bucks and they can self do it. So you have to be, this is what I'm saying. When you're looking for the clients, when you're waiting on your job, you should be working on something like this where at some point that thing is going to start taking over the time that your clients are asking for you. I mean, that's my ultimate goal. You may want to create your own, you know, I run into people that they want to create their own agency. They want to have 50 people working for them. Okay, well, there's steps to get to that. My, my goal is I don't have a client. I'm, I'm my own client and I have passive income coming in on multiple fronts online or through apps. So that's my goal. So I'm always trying to get to that. But in the meantime, why not fill your time with something else? And that could be something that when you go to get your next job, when you go to get your next client, I mean, you're showing them that. 
you're showing them your passion project. And typically that's not for, so the job is a little bit different, but for a client, they only need to see one or two things before <laughs> they've decided, am I going to move forward with this person or not? You know, there's right. a, there's a tier of people that they're only going to go so far. You only have to convince them so much, you know, so. And, so, uh, oh, go ahead. No, what, what do you got, Eddie? I was just curious, like, um, advice for, I guess, a junior developer trying to find mm -hmm. a client. How do you find the client? Like, what's uh, I mean, practice? my big thing is networking. Um, okay. You got to, you have to meet people and, and make sure they know you, you develop. Like, so if your thing is websites, <clears throat> I mean, everybody knows that I do this type of stuff. So everywhere I go, I go a lot of, I'm networking a lot. That's my main, that's my biggest thing. It's always been my biggest thing. And, um, I can't go anywhere without people saying, Hey, my friend needs this or, Hey, I need this. And you know, that's how you have, you have to get to that point. You know, you have to get to that point. If you're just joining the industry today, I was thinking about this earlier and it's like, you know, cause I'm thinking about what we're going to talk about. The, you shouldn't have a plan. Like I just graduated and I, I need to pay rent next month. So I need to make money right now. That's not going to happen. You know, you really need to put in a little bit of time. It could be quick. I mean, if you go to the right place and say, hey, I do development. And even this is the cool thing about the boot camp. You can show them your projects from the boot camp and they never saw an, another boot camper. And you don't have the same, you know, sort of thing hanging over you where everybody's got that same app. They may look at it and say, wow, this is amazing. Like you're so, so great. And I see people doing that every day. So I know someone that, that that's gotten clients just showing showing off those projects. So it's almost a little bit simpler, I think. And it's just a matter of, you know, that's the part about it with our industry. A lot, a lot more introverts, but a lot of extroverts too. But you have to put it in the right direction. You have to make sure you're, you're, you're in the right place, um, telling people what you do, meeting people, getting to know them, and then you'll get referrals. Everybody needs a site, so it's not that hard. That's the thing about it. Everybody needs it. So you have to understand that just based off pure numbers, like I was telling you earlier, if I go out downtown Orlando, if I walk out in the street right now and approach 50 people and say, I'll build a website for you for you know, 500 bucks or $1,000, I'd probably get four or five people, if not 10, because it's just everybody has a business every single person so and everybody needs something if they can't do it themselves or they don't already have the funding which is a lot a lot of people it's a good but you wouldn't do that right you wouldn't try and go get like a whole bunch of thousand dollar sites you'd try and no. land a bigger <clears throat> fish right yeah and but that's just an example of why you should be trying to go past those projects because um there's enough of the bigger projects for you to go after too there's a lot of the small projects, but there's even, there's a good amount of the bigger, you know, somewhere between, you know, 3,500 bucks to $30,000, right? Like that's, that's somewhere where you can meet people through networking, going to events who need projects of that scale, I think. So would you recommend like, uh, maybe approaching business owners or walking into like, you know, a pizza shop and saying, Hey man, do you need a website? Or would you go on Craigslist or, you know? <laughs> What, what do you mean no. by networking? Craigslist? Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm sure it's been done. <laughs> no, I mean, I've gotten... Back in the day, I, I got projects off of Craigslist, Craigslist. And I guess it was a little bit more reputable, but I don't know if it ever was, but it's definitely not today. <laughs> it's definitely not today. Um, I just think that that's kind of... Like, all right, let's talk about... Because we talked about this earlier. Specifically walking... If I go to the local pizza shop 
and just walk in and say, do you need a website? You know, can I do it? I'd probably say they do need a website or they have one that they're not happy with, but it's like trying to sell something someone's not asking for. Like, how do you do, how do you get a lot of money out of that? You know, I, yo, yeah, if you're going to do it for a hundred bucks or whatever they consider to be enough money to pay a web developer, which is probably not as high as you think, um, they'll do it. They'll probably do it. But this is the thing, you know, when you start freelancing, um, which people don't understand if they go straight into a job, but you kind of do because you get paid and now like your life is this job, you know, like no matter what tier you are from the people in your company that are getting paid the most to your entry level, I mean, you're, you're there, you're thinking about it. You're possibly having conversations outside of work about it. You talk to your you know, significant other about it. So you're pretty involved. That happens with freelance too. It doesn't matter if it's $50 or $50,000. The second someone gives you money, like they need access to you. They want to talk to you. They have ideas. They have things that they want you to do. So it's the same thing. And you don't want to get caught in a situation where you have a bad client, someone who's not a champion client. I'd say don't do that. Work on your thing while you're trying to find good places to network, which would be, you know, paid events, mostly because people are paying to be there. And when I say paid events, so like not web developer events, because then it's just a bunch of web developers. Now, that's kind of like a first tier of your network of people who, number one, could work on projects with you. But also if they don't do your specialty, they might run into someone who does, who needs that. And they'll say, oh, yeah, I know Roy. Let me introduce you, but de definitely going to like business type events. So if you used to do real estate, right, and now you got your boot camp uh, thing and you still have contacts in real estate, why don't you build like three, four real estate templates and then just go to all the real estate business events. And if people need a website, you can instantly get something up for them quickly or maybe do a custom site for them because, you know, I had someone so like perfect example. After I did the talk, I met with someone who was native Spanish speaking. So he felt at a disadvantage because he doesn't really speak English that well. So it's hard for him to get clients, even though he's extremely talented. I mean, he's been developing for a very long time, but it's hard for him to communicate. I said, I mean, hold on. I think you have something that's very powerful here because think about all the clientele that doesn't speak very good English and they want to speak to someone who speaks Spanish why don't you go to places where those people would be? So that'd be like the Hispanic Business Society or Orlando Hispanic Business Owners event. And then go do a talk there about, about doing websites for your business, you know, the value of X, you know, do, doing something, but do it in Spanish. And that way, when they see you, they're like, yeah, I don't want to talk to Roy. Roy doesn't know Spanish. I want to <laughs> deal with this person. Um, so that's an easy way to, to, to get in. And like, you might be the only developer there. You might get so many cards and so many people, you can't even follow up with every single person. You have no idea. So that's kind of what I say when I say networking, you have to do a little bit of first level, right? Which are people you expect to tell other people about you. So that's anyone who's a big time networker. So if you run into people who are like, yeah, I'm always networking. I got a big network. Like you definitely want to get to know that person and make sure they know what you do, what your fees are and all these different things. You're not selling them anything, but you're just, you know, sprinkling that in over your relationship to where at some point they're just like, oh, someone needs a website. Roy does a website and you know, it's not going to be 300 bucks. You know what I mean? So if they go, oh, is he cheap? They're going to say, no, Roy is not cheap. Actually, um, I'd probably say he's on the he's on the you know more closer to the higher end now. If they actually do contact me, 
they're already in that mindset. They're already, they're like, all right, well, how good is this guy? You know, if he's so good, then I'm willing to pay, but you know, I want to make sure, you know, then you're in a good position because it's either that or nothing. They may say, oh man, well, I don't have a lot of money, so maybe I won't reach out to him. Good. They just saved you a lot of time, a lot of frustration and just everything. So that's the line you have to walk. And, um, that's what I try to do. And if you do it long enough, consistently, you don't really have to go to as many events because you've already met a lot of people. You're just kind of keeping one-on-one -on -one relationships. And I mean, people contact me all the time. It's, I've never, I'm rarely, I've, I mean, I've rarely had to go searching for a client in a, in a long time. I'd say it's been a while. Um, usually it's just someone calling me. They got my number from someone or I meet someone at an event who introduced me, introduces me to someone else. You always want to get introduced because then they're like, oh yeah, this is Lee. He's, he's so great. He did this thing, you know, last month. You should have saw it. Talk to him. I know you have a business. He's great for you. And like instantly this person's like, oh, they're good. They don't care if you've been doing it for a month. They don't know that last month was the, was the boot camp showcase and you did something great there. They don't know. So I'm not saying you're like, obviously if they ask you, you're going to tell them. But at the end of the day, they don't care. All that someone cares. Like for me personally, if you can solve my problem, that's number one. If you can solve my problem, then I don't give. I don't care if you've been doing it for ten minutes. I mean, is yeah, that the, not what uh, I need? The concept of a junior developer is something that's that's something that just we talk about as developers. You know, people out there in the real world, they don't necessarily no. know or or care about that, right? They wouldn't even know what you were talking about. They would have no idea what that means. It's and like, you should you never even say those not, words. Right? Pretty much, mm -hmm. you should never even get into that. Um, yeah, you look at businesses. We have. 30 years combined industry experience. Everybody's got three years, you know, they got 10 people working there. So, you know, at the end of the day, like you come across someone who has a project you don't know how to do, and then you just don't know how to do it. And you say, I, you know, maybe I introduce you to someone else or I just can't help you. But you come across something that you can do, you can do it. I mean, if, if my car breaks down and just anyone can help me do it, and they say it's this amount of money, but they can actually do it. And it's going to be, I mean, I'm going to do, it. I don't care. You know, like at that point, how many times have you had a friend help you fix your car? Like, are you guys mechanics? How, how long have you been doing it? So at the end of the day, what can get the job done? Um, most of the internet's held together by duct tape anyway. So if you could just get <laughs> something up, then you're already just as good as anyone else. Um, so yeah, hundred percent. So it sounds like the the key to kind of landing clients is networking, networking, networking. Go to a lot of meetups. Um, maybe do go to the dev meetups, but don't rely on that for clients. Rely on that for like you know other developer connections. And yeah, then, mentors, connections. Yeah. So if you're looking for a job, like yeah, that's a great place to meet other devs. But then definitely a job spot. Yep. If you go to like a like you said, you're a real estate agent. You go to a real estate meetup and then you're the only developer there odds are somebody needs a website and then that could be your opportunity or you're spanish speaking and you go to the hispanic business society meetup or whatever it is i mean they're out there there's honestly a meetup for everything so maybe you're into dogs and you want to do sites for dog walkers or something i mean it's unlimited to what you can find out there um, I like wine, so there's wine meetups. I'm sure if I went, I'd find people who maybe want to advertise their wines and do all types of stuff. And 
I'm speaking their language, plus I know the language of development and marketing. So they're like, wow, that's great. Now I can really, t- you know, they'll say, oh, you know what I love is I can tell you, I can just speak to you about it and you already know. Like one of my first businesses I started was, uh, it was like an app for kids trying to get college scholarships to, you know, playing sports. So they were football players, basketball players and stuff. So the developers that I got at that time, this was a long time ago, um, the developers I got at the time, you know, they were foreign and they had no idea what it was about. I mean, they didn't even play sports. So it was very hard to communicate with them about what, you know, I assumed a lot. I'd be like, yeah, you know, this and that. Um, call a coach and they don't know anything about that. So at the end of the day, it didn't work out. I mean, I'm gonna be honest, it, it truly did not work out. And that was kind of one of my first experiences understanding the power of niche because I was into sports and I said, okay, so why don't I just work with a lot of people that do sports things? And a lot of the original projects and things I did were people who were in some sort of sports niche. And that's where I focused. And then from there, I just moved on. I got different interests. And as I got different interests, I worked in those niches. So I try to do things in where I'm interested. If I like video games, maybe I want to help Twitch um, uh, influencers have better online presence. And I sell them a package because I know the gaming industry and I know the streaming model. But I also am, am someone with high skills for helping them make money. So that's a great thing to be in because when you contact them, they're actually going to be more open to speaking to you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and um, Of course it does. <laughs> it does. Like, why would you not? What, I'm not going to do something that I have no interest in um, or know anything about because it's going to be hard for me. Most people are going to come to you and say, I need a website. And they think they have details about how they want it to look, but they actually don't. And they're looking for you to come up with these things. If you don't know anything about dog walking, you don't like dogs. Like, how are you going to come up with something for them? It's impossible. And I mean, there's some skilled people who can do it or will try to do it, but it's not going to be a good experience in my mind. So you mentioned um, a couple of things there. One was uh, giving presentations at some of those non-developer meetups. Yep. Um, do you have any That's tips on like maybe what you would you present on development talk topics or just try and like give a quick talk about the current subject and then add in at the end like, hey, I'm available for freelance work <laughs> or what would you do? I mean, I would do like a high level developer talk. So you're not getting into the nitty gritty like showing code, but you're kind of saying, hey, you should have these things. You should have these features on your page or um, maybe you're not you don't have webmaster tools set up for, you know, so you can index your website. So broader topics that business owners care about. And I mean, you're taught you like the best thing is not saying that you're available for freelance and just finishing, thanking everybody, letting them know where they can reach you. They get it. (laughs) Like you're there talking about it. You're definitely like, they can pay you. So they know that I wouldn't be, you know, so upfront about it. Um, it'd be obvious at that point, right? Like you're a web developer, you're an app creator, and you're at this other thing giving a talk about how you should, you know, optimize your website, you know, the speed of it, you know, and like, hey, I need a faster site, you know, like instant. Most of my biggest clients have come from a a meetup. Someone saw me talk and I wasn't selling something. They would just saw me talk and I had expertise. So they reached out. Okay. Um, you also mentioned before uh, champion clients. Can you maybe describe what that is and like how to find one? Yeah, so champion client is someone that is um, 
a realistic client, someone that you know doesn't use things like, hey, when this goes viral, or it's so simple, <laughs> um, you just have to do this. Um, those are people you don't want to work with because their expectation is that you can do something really quickly and they're going to make a lot of money. And that's just, if that, if that was the case, just do it yourself. I mean, you don't need someone to pay you $500 to make a million dollars if you just do it on your own, if what they're doing isn't complicated. Um, so you want to work with people that have a vision so they know what it wants, you know, say they're starting from scratch, right? Like, so let's just talk about a client that I have an idea. So if you have an idea, do you have a wireframe or a high fidelity mock-up? Do you have a deep explanation of, of your project and what the interaction is between the screens? Like if I do this, this happens. Someone with something like that put together is definitely more serious than someone who's just verbally telling you everything. So I have someone that contacted me right now. It's an example of like, I met, the, I met this person too. And honestly, I would, I really don't want to do any work for them, but they introduced me <laughs> to a friend. So I'm just kind of being nice. Um, I sent him an email like, Hey, you know, cause I already knew that he was going on and on about all these things he wanted. And like, I'm not going to, you know, we're out having fun. Like I'm not going to remember it. So I'm like, Hey, just shoot me an email or like create a Google doc and like, just start listing out what you want. Send me some, some, uh, URLs to sites and stuff that you want. And he goes, Oh man, it'd be so much easier if we just got on a phone call or we met up. And like instantly I know that guy, that person is not who you want to work with because no, I don't want to sit there with you for two hours and let you talk to me about it. And you don't even have a clear vision of what you want or you can't put it down on paper. That's probably not someone they're going to have. That's the type of person that's going to have you going up the walls, you know, during the project and just doing all types of stuff. So those are usually signs that you shouldn't, you shouldn't work with someone, someone that ask you for a discount that says, Hey, I'm just starting this, this, and that. Like I get it. Like everybody needs a, like a sort of like a springboard, but maybe you don't want to be that person. You know what I mean? Like it's okay to not be that person. It's okay to tell someone, you know what, maybe I can find someone else or, you know, I recommend that you, you know, give people advice. Like there's nothing wrong with, there's been plenty of times where I gave people advice. I was like, listen, to be honest, it's probably not something that I want to work on, but this is my advice. And then through that, they see my expertise and they're like, you know what? Maybe I do have the money to spend on it because Roy actually is extremely knowledgeable. So you can be helpful to someone who is not going to be a client. And then that could be someone who introduces you to a real client. Like everybody talks to everybody. Everybody's networking these days. I mean, they're on so social media networking. Like everybody is networking. So I think you should take that opportunity to say, no, I can't do it in a really nice way and just give them advice. What's their next step if, if, if they can't afford you? What should they be doing? And if you give them that information, they'll probably come back to you later or bring you someone. That's really good advice. Um, <clears throat> and also, I mean, you can always kind of like slide in that. Hey, have you heard of Squarespace <laughs> or Wix or something? Yeah, right? yeah, why not? Hey, listen, you're just starting. Like I tell people, people who are just starting say, why not just do the Shopify thing? The, 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 you know, it's ready. When you start selling stuff, come back to me um, when you have a budget. Because, you know, someone came to me, they wanted, you know, some web fixes and um, SEO work. And they sold like hats and stuff, you know, for like 20 bucks. So... My services to justify them, I've got to sell more hats than they've ever sold. It's just not a good fit. You know, like it's, it's, I know it already. Like, you know, it's not going to work. So you kind of point them in other directions and say, hey, you know, there's these free tools and why don't you start with this? And uh, 
reach out to me when it makes sense. And really at that point, I'm like, I really don't, you know, cause I want to have clients that can be successful. So that's really what you're looking for. You're trying to, you're scoping out the project to see what's the, what's the runway of this project. If it's just starting, do they have funding? Are they looking to get funding? Are they funding it themselves? How much money, you know, I asked a client, um, okay, you want to pay me this amount? What's the runway? Like worst case scenario, we don't meet any goals. How long am I working for you? And they said one year. Okay. One year is great. Let's do it. Because now at least I know upfront what the worst case scenario is. And let's just say they're, they're, they're exaggerating. So it's eight months or six months. So at the end of the day, um, these are questions that you should ask. Um, so you can kind of get an idea of, is this something that I want to work on and spend my time on? If not work on your own thing, work on the thing that explains to these people who don't have the money, who can pay a couple hundred bucks, just get them the information and put it behind a fire, put it behind a, a, a login. And now you have a project too, and you're going to learn about stuff and you're going to learn real world stuff because people are going to sign on. They're going to get there. They're going to come into issues and you're gonna have to fix them. And that's the job, right? Like that's what you do at a job, right? So you're getting prepped for that, not by sitting back or doing tutorials all day and stuff like that. Like work on your thing, you know, figure out what is it that, you know, that you think would be good information. I mean, you guys started the podcast, you do the meetups. So there's a lot there. You have a lot going on. Um, and that's helpful because now you're learning a bunch of stuff every day that you wouldn't have learned on the job. Yeah. I've had, um, I've had some people approach me for freelance work uh, a couple of times and I've, they've said some things that have made me kind of hesitate and I've ended up just kind of walking away from it. <laughs> Uh, yeah. One was a previous employer I had that wanted um, a website for the business that they were running. Mm -hmm. And um, they said, oh, well, we found a guy that would do it for 300 bucks uh, in in Great. the same conversation <laughs> where, where they had uh, offered me the job. I was kind of like, I wouldn't do it for that because even like a basic site is going to take me, you know, considering like a bunch of pages, a little bit of information probably a good, you know, 10 hours at least, uh, you know, not even including the hosting and SEO and stuff. So I go right ahead like and tell people, I mean, a basic site, which I don't know what a basic site is. Honestly, there's these days, everybody needs customization. Honestly, base, there was a time where like a template could get most people as far as they want to go. But right now they think it's basic because they've seen it online, but that doesn't mean that it is basic. So I think like 3,500 bucks minimum for like the most basic thing, because it's not just the, the development. You're setting up the project for them, most likely. You're setting up the hosting. They probably don't have a host. That involves some skills you may not have learned in the boot camp. It's going to take you some time. You have to maybe set up their email, you know, DNS settings, things you don't know about, SSL certificates, um, you, CDNs. So you want to set up a CDN for them. I mean, you have not even gotten into the design. You know, they need a design. Uh, they need that. You know, then they have feedback. So... It's going to be a little bit more than being simple. It sounds simple at face value, but when you sit down and you start thinking about it as far as like, okay, now I'm starting on the project from the time you start thinking about it to the time you wave goodbye to the client, that's your time spent. So I don't see how you can do that in $300. That doesn't make any sense. You're not doing yourself any good. If you spent all this time learning these skills, you spent money doing it, and now you're working for $300. Because I'm going to be honest, in one day, you can make $300 at a lot of other jobs that are way simpler than that, that don't require a degree. I mean, why did you go through all this trouble? It's not easy to code. Why did you do it? 
if that's good enough for you. That's impossible. That doesn't make any type of sense. And that's really what I advocate for. And it's not to be, I'm for the developer and the designer and the marketing professional. The client, there's going to be a million clients. Maybe some clients hear this. They don't want to hire me. Fine. But at the end of the day, I've brought results. So you either want the results or not. And there's a fair market value for those results that I, you know, I'm not charging a million dollars. You know, I think I'm low. I've talked to a lot of people and they're a lot more than me. And I'm like, wow, okay, um, where do I need to be at? And for me, the thing is I did my math. So I'm like, ah, uh, you know what? Yeah, I probably could. But then at the end of the day, it's like, I'm in a soft spot. People aren't telling me no. I'm getting the clients that I want. I'm good. I've already decided what, what my thing was. Plus, I'm just trying to free my time up to do my personal stuff. So my goal is different. My goal is much different with a client than maybe someone who wants to make a million dollars in an agency. Well, then you have to have a lot of clients and you have to have a lot of people working for you because you personally can only do a couple projects. I think, I think it's about like, I figured out for me, like two monthly clients, like people who need stuff throughout the month. I can probably only do about two of them and still do, you know, live the life, the lifestyle that I want to live and work on my stuff. So I need two pretty high paying clients to be able to kind of do what I want to do, right? Like once I figure out how, you know, I need two to have my lifestyle, well, to support it, they have to be paying a certain amount and uh, there's no negotiation on that. I can't negotiate on that. So I'll just wait for the next person who uh, I'll take a few losses before you know, a few months where I don't have a client before I take on someone who I know is going to waste my time where I could have been out finding that next champion client. Yeah, that's, that's really, really great advice. Um, and that's really why we wanted to have you on the show is because I think a lot of people, they start out on freelance and they're just like, Oh my God, someone wants to hire me. Okay. I'm in, you know, they don't even care who the person is or how much they can pay or, Oh, 200 bucks for your e-commerce site. I'm in, I'll do it. (laughs) You know, just they literally neg- like talk about a price, not the project, and agree and move forward before they know anything. Yeah. Exactly. That literally happens every time. And uh, trust me, when I was a lot younger, you know, I started when I was very young. I didn't know. You know, I didn't have anybody telling me these things. So I was, you know, and back then it was the industry, it was way different. Like people didn't really know what the true cost of, the, I mean, I didn't even know what it was. So it was a little bit different, but I was always trying to like, be very generous to people, you know, but then it got to a point where people just were demanding things from me. And I'm like, I just gave you a deal. Like, you know, it's the weekend. Like I wanted to go do this thing. And plus you're late with your payments. And now you're like hounding me all, all hours of the day and the week to do stuff. And where did we get in, get to this point? And it's because when people pay for things, no matter if it's $10 or $10,000, they expect a certain level of service. So, I choose not to, you know, if someone's going to hold me to that high of a standard, I need to make sure that I hold the wage to that high of a standard because there are people will, you will be surprised. Um, not all people in the world are good people. So <laughs> at the end of the day, like you may be a good person trying to help people. This is someone trying to get as, pay as little as much as possible and make the most money as possible. That's 99% of the mindsets of entrepreneurs. How can I spend the smallest amount and make the largest? So if you're the casualty of that, they don't care because in their minds, who knows? It's like they got you working nonstop, but they think that you're making money with other people. But it's like, how can I, if I'm just working on your thing? I mean, I got rid of clients because I'm just like, well, my responsibilities have got, I'm doing more stuff. You're kind of capped out at what you can pay. 
I kind of got to move on because we're never going to go backwards. Like after you just for several months been, you know, I've been doing something, you don't just stop doing it and like, oh yeah, it's all good. I'm going to pay you the same amount. So it just becomes a situation where you outgrow a client and you need to kind of feel that out before it happens. And usually it's because you found another opportunity and you're like, Ooh, well now I have someone paying me this amount, which client am I going to get rid of? Because I can only do about two or three. Now, if you're much smarter than me, then you probably have people that you can outsource it to. But even that's at some time, you have limited budget with some of these people. So you can't afford for mistakes. Mistakes start happening. You start losing money. And, you know, some people are really good at managing that. And, you know, I'm really good at managing, you know, myself and maybe another person doing the type of projects that I do. And that's why I stick to those projects. And that's why that's where my success comes from is from staying in my lane and not trying to be everything to everyone because it's easy to do that. You know, it's easy to be someone's guide for everything they need on the internet. You know, they think because you do web development that you can like fix their PC or like get rid of viruses, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, you really have to put your foot down and say, Hey, that's not my, that's not my wheelhouse. Um, you know, it's not what I do. So I do don't be X. afraid to say no, right? No is, you know, it took me a long time cause I'm not a no guy. Um, but yeah, how many, how many years did you, uh, did you take the $300 client and then just kind of too many, too many, too many years, right? <laughs> too many. Like, you know, because you get stuck in this cycle because when you're charging that much, you always need money and you always need the next client and it's not a good lifestyle. So, you know, I want someone to think like that's, yeah, I'm painting a bad picture there. Like <laughs> think of the worst that you can think of stress, high stress, always needing to make sure someone's paying on time. They're not even paying you enough. They always have an excuse. Text messaging you at 2 a.m. Always. Make so this that's, a, that's, a hard, <laughs> that's a hard life. And even when I was single, like it was tough. And then like I got married and obviously you have, you know, more responsibilities and other things. And, you know, you just can't put up with it. And I put up with it for a long time until just breaking. Basically, you break, you end up breaking. And I was doing like seven or eight projects at once. Um, working all hours of the day because I had people, you know, outsourcing to India and I was managing them and doing design and doing marketing for this person. There were all different niches. So I'm thinking about different things every other minute. And while I was able to manage it for a short amount of time, at one point, it just, it just backfired. You get upset with people, you, you know, you're not in a good state of mind. So you're going to get an argument about some stupid thing that they want you to do that, you know, doesn't make any sense. And it's not a good thing. So that's why you have to charge more because when you, when you sit down, I always tell people when you sit down, when it's 10 o'clock at night and you know, you need to get something done the next day for this person, you want to feel like you're actually being paid enough to do that. You want to feel like that's profitable for you and say, you know what? I don't normally do this, but I don't mind because this person's paying very well. Um, and you know, if we have a deadline tomorrow, it'll get done. Because if they're not, you're going to be like, crap, you know, this is not worth it. You're literally going to say it in your head to yourself. This is not worth it. And at that point, it breaks down. Project's not going to come out as good. The client's not going to be happy. You don't get a referral, testimonial. I mean, you ruin basically everything about it. So um, that I like, I want to paint the darkest picture possible for undercharging. Because if you do it and you start feeling that, like, I want you to be, man, Roy was right. Like, I know what he's talking. Some people might know, like right now. Actually, most people I would know. know. <laughs> um, yeah, I've gone we through all this do. as even, a designer just like doing freelance work. Oh, and design's even harder. Yeah. yeah, design's the worst because it's all subjective. Exactly. You know, give it pop, right? Like pop's different to all of us. So 
Um, yeah, we work in we work in a time where people think everything is simple, but it's actually really complex. Um, and because there was a time where, like, on the internet, I remember when I was like a lot a long time long time ago when the iPhone stuff just started. So right when you could start developing these apps. And like every person online that I was teaching, it was like a 13 year old kid. Like they sounded like a little kid. <laughs> He'd be like, go up and do this and do that and this, this and that. So like everybody's kind of perception of what it took to do this was like, oh, the 13 year old kid on the street can do it. I'll just get him to do it. My friend's nephew does apps or website. Okay. But at that time I'd be like, oh no, 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 this and that. Like trying to win every relationship and that's, a, that's failure. That's where you start failing because, uh, you know, once someone takes up your time, you don't have time for other people. So that's really what it comes down to at the end of the so, day. Uh, going back to champion clients, there was something that you mentioned before, um, trying to identify like the business value of the project that you're going to be working on. Yeah. And uh, I think what you had said was that champion clients or clients, sorry, um, their project, it it has um, some kind of business value to them where it's going to make them some more money, right? Definitely. Like, so the work that you're doing is improving their business. Yep. Therefore, they have more money to pay you, right? Exactly. You always kind of want to be in a situation where it's results driven. Like I had someone ask me recently, like, how do you start charging more? Like, so you have this client, you've had them for a while. How do you get them to pay more? And it's all based on results. You should have your lists. And I talk about lists all the time, whether it's in your proposal, whether it's in any stage with a client, you want a list. Longer the list, more money you get. So you want a long list of all these, these results that you've brought. And I'm not saying make them a million dollars, but what I'm saying is before you started the project, there was a list of goals that, you, that if you reach them, so when you start a project, if you reach those goals, that's considered success. And then when you get to that point, you need to bring it back to them and say, we did it, but we even did more. Um, so that's kind of a way in which that you can kind of increase your increase your value. Um, you want to look at people where you can do that for them. So if they're just literally putting a painting up on the wall, so some corporate website, like you don't want to do that because it's going to be a one-time deal. They say they need maintenance, but they're not spending thousands of dollars because they probably just need you to do something very simple and they think 50 bucks a month or something is good. And, um, you know, now that may be your specialty. I know people that have agencies that like they have hundreds of clients at this, these lower marks and they do very minimal stuff. But at the end of the day, what value are you truly bringing the person? Right? Like, um, I'm not saying like they're not doing a good job, but to me, I like to be able to help like e-commerce sites, right? Like I'm really good with that. Um, monetizing mobile applications and building apps that can be monetized. Um, building MVP products. So I'm really good at like saving money and, and building stuff without like all the extra stuff that you don't need. So when I'm talking to a client, you know, that's kind of the stuff that I say. And those are the things that I'm looking for where they have businesses like that, that I can do that. And if that's the case, like nine times out of 10, we're going to have success because I've just, I've done it before. So it's the same formula. It's just a different thing. Um, so that's usually where I've seen most of my success is, is finding people that are on the brink or they need a little bit of help. And usually I can identify that just by like maybe their Google analytics, right? So if you're going to deal with someone who's web-based and they sell e-commerce, you want to know, um, 
not only what traffic they're getting right now, but you want to do a little digging to figure out what is the potential that they have if you were to do everything perfectly um, by checking out, you know, the search terms and seeing who the comp competitors are and getting an idea of like, how easy is this going to be for me to do? Um, you know, because you want it to be fairly simple for you to do and you want to charge a lot, right? Like a lawyer who does certain type of cases, he does them because he knows a lot about them and he doesn't need to relearn the law book to do your case. So you want to work on stuff that you've done before. So if I see someone that needs SEO and they meet these certain criteria and I look at their information, I'm all over it because I'm like, I know how to fix this. Like this, I know how to do better than other things. You definitely want to hire me. And when like people hear that, when they're like, oh man, this guy's like super confident about it. Trust me, they're, they're paying for it because this is their, this is their business on the line. And there's nothing about starting a business that's cheap. So you shouldn't be that one thing. And as long as you can provide some value for them, I don't, I don't see why you shouldn't do that. I mean, if, so, you, if you have a, 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 some sort of medical issue, what is it worth to you to get it fixed, right? Like anything, anything. And that's really what it comes down to for business. How bad do you need to move this business along, you know? So um, definitely finding a niche sounds like it's super important and then kind of like staying in that swim lane. But yeah. also um, what I'm kind of getting at is like a champion client isn't going to come at you with uh, what I would maybe consider like a hobby project. Yeah. They're, they're coming at you with something that's going to bring value to their business. So like, how do you identify that? Is there a, is there a, a, a way they're making money? Either selling partnerships um, externally or they're selling something on their website, um, subscriptions in their app. Um, any, anything of that nature, they need to have a revenue component, I think. Um, and there's people who specialize and people who don't, I'm not saying that it's not, you can't take that route. But for me personally, where I've seen the most success is working with people who are making money, right? Like you make money, you can spend more money. Um, listen, the most successful companies in the world, and even like the ones that are just successful locally, they have teams, you know, so if someone's expecting you individually to come in for like $3,000 and change their life, I mean, if it was that easy, we would all just do it. You know, we probably all have, you know, hopefully, you know, some savings of $3,000 and like, why don't we just go do it? Right. Like if, if that's all it takes to, 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 to make it is an idea in that, then like we would all do it. So that's really not what it takes. It actually takes a lot. So as a new developer, I talked about this before, you can be a stepping stone. You, I, I'm like really good at getting people to a certain point, you know, and then they need more people. They need someone who's even better than me, but I can help a certain type of company. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like there's truly nothing wrong with that. Whether you bring something to the table, like a, another resource that can help, or you literally tell them you need to find someone else, right? Like you need to find more help. Um, so that's a positive thing. I mean, you've literally got, you know, then you go to your next client and you go, the last client I had, it took us a couple of years, but we got, we reached every expectation they wanted. And now they've moved on to, you know, working on things that are beyond me. But now I have the opportunity to work with you and you're right where they started. And I can visualize myself where you're going to be in two years. If you work with me, that pitch right there, you're, you're basically, they're writing a check. Like how much does that cost? Right? Like that's my biggest thing is that's why I stick to what I know. Cause I can easily reference Oh yeah, I just worked on this thing. You know, I do it to you, you guys. I tell you guys all the time. Oh, I just worked on this thing and I increased the revenue by this and I did that and I did this. And people hear that and they want that too. 
because not everybody's going around saying that. Some people just built a site. You know, like, yeah, that's pretty valuable, but it didn't, you know, you didn't increase their bottom line. Um, you start saying that, people will listen. And they don't care if that was your first project or your hundredth. They just know that you did it before, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So definitely taking um, kind of a critical eye and looking at the business value of what you're being asked to do is yeah. super important. Definitely. Now, let, let's just like think about it, right? Like the most base, you know, like you just started developing. You obviously don't know how to create revenue for someone yet. You know, there's still a lot that you have to learn. I think personally working on your own stuff um, is more beneficial than working on a project that doesn't push you to those things. You know what I mean? Like if you're a freelancer, maybe, you know, tag along with a guy like me who needs, right? I just said, I don't, you know, I'm maybe not able to juggle a lot more projects because of the resources. So when you hear things like that, not saying for everybody to contact me, <laughs> but I'm just saying when you're out and you're talking to people, you may say, man, you seem like your, your plate is pretty heavy. You're working on some cool stuff. You know, maybe, maybe some way that I can work on it with you. Now, here's a scenario. So there are scenarios where maybe you can take a little bit of a pay cut when you're working with other developers who are speaking the same language as you and you have a clear vision, right? And like, you're like, yeah, I'm going to be a part of like this way bigger thing. Like this, if I work on this thing for three months, that fourth month, I'm going to be able to land a client. Cause look at, look at this site. If I just show them and tell them I worked on, they don't know what part I worked on. Like, even if I tell them, they may not understand it, but that's my, that's my portfolio. You know what I mean? Like you, like there are scenarios, right? Like there are scenarios, but if it's an outside person, if it's not that type of person, then you have to stick to your guns with the cost. I think in other scenarios, I could bend a little bit more if I'm working in a really good environment where like we're having fun, we know what we're doing, there's no hiccups, um, you know, we're working as a team. Um, my, the direction I receive is really clear and I understand it, then I'm able to take, you know, I'm able to think about it. And obviously depending on the situation you're in, right? Like there's a lot of variables today. If that happened, I still wouldn't do it because it's just, I don't, I don't need to, but if someone does need to, that's the situation where you kind of want to take a back seat and say, all right, what can I learn here? Um, and then can I put this on my portfolio later? But you don't want to do that with someone who doesn't know what they're doing. Cause that project never ends until you guys break up because they're going to always be pestering you. Um, for things, but obviously like in my talk, I teach people how to put together like a really solid bulletproof, you know, proposal and contract that would kind of get around that. But if you don't have that experience, then maybe, you know, you end up in situ most of the terrible situations where just scope creep, scope creep. That's really where you lose. What all is, money. uh, what is scope creep for anybody that's not familiar? That's where, you know, you had this, you know, bullet point list of things that need to be done and you get started and all of a sudden new thing, you know, the client says, Hey, I had this idea. That's how it always starts. <laughs> that's how they always say it. They say, Hey, I had this idea. I was thinking about this. What do you think? And it's like, well, I mean, why don't we finish what we have now? And then we'll explore that afterwards. But scope creep is when they're like, can you just do this one thing? Can you just do this one thing? Like, they don't know how complicated it is. Like, I had a client and he's just like, yeah, I just want to change this one thing. And it's like, you know, we have, uh, you know, two native applications. You know, we have to fix two apps. We have to work on the database layer, you know, on the, on the you know, backend layer. 
um it's not simple there's there's nothing that is is simple like we need and then for scaling for for future for future proofing it we need to make sure everything's done in a certain way so it's like you may think it's simple but it's still a few thousand dollars to get that done like right. sorry sorry like then don't do it you know what i mean like i rather get someone say they don't want to um do it because i rather have someone say they don't want to do it because they basically don't have the money than to waste my time that yeah. makes a lot of sense uh we're i think we're running out of time so um i, I did want to give you a chance to kind of like you know uh maybe plug your own endeavor and kind of your own business model so if you want to go ahead and and talk about that for a little bit yeah i'm, I'm gonna be pretty brief with it you know um i really want to hear from all the developers, the designers, the marketing professionals out there, you know, um, I want to help you guys and, and, and ladies, um, as well. And, uh, my website is fullstackentrepreneurship.com. It's something new that I'm starting. It's kind of like my passion project, um, where this type of information I'm going to be sharing in more in, in depth and, um, you know, with tools and stuff that you can use, like the agreements that I have. And, you know, I did the talk um, that I'm sure you guys will have a link to um, where I kind of went through even scenarios of like literally what to say in a situation, word for word, what you can say to someone. Um, so a lot of real helpful stuff. And um, at the time, you know, once this recording's out, you know, this there'll be some information there, but definitely on there, you'll be able to shoot me an email. My contact information will be there. And I'm always willing to spend, you know, 30 minutes or so or 45 minutes with someone just, you know, I want to hear what you're going through. If there's something, some ideas I can give you um, for networking, a lot of it's going to surround networking. Um, the easy part is once you've got the clients calling you nonstop, then, then you have plenty of opportunity to perfect your sales pitch, but it's getting to that point, which is the most difficult part. Um, and anywhere in between. So, uh, I want to hear from those people so you can reach out to me. My email I'm sure will be linked. The website will be linked. And, uh, I look forward to hearing the feedback on all the content and stuff like that. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, for anybody that's curious, uh, Eddie and I, um, run a meetup uh, locally in Orlando called Project Code Experience or Project Codex. And Roy was awesome enough to come out and give his freelancing talk, which um, turned out to be like phenomenal. Yeah, he had a lot of good advice really in good. there on like some of the stuff we, we haven't had a chance to cover in this episode, uh, like contracts and how to say no to a client, how to fire a client, uh, all that good stuff. So uh, we'll definitely link that on this episode and then um, Roy's site and his contact info. Um, so, so keep a lookout for that at techjunior.dev. Um, and then Roy, we usually close out the show with, uh, what we like to call nerd minute, <laughs> yeah. where we just kind of talk about like whatever nerdy junk that we're into because, you know, we're all gaming and comic book and star Wars fans and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, do you have anything that yeah. you've kind of been into lately? I mean, right now, honestly, I'm mostly paying attention to, uh, the NBA finals. <laughs> so anybody out there that likes basketball. Sports nerd. Okay. Yeah, I've been pretty much into that. I, I can only usually, you know, I only, you know, I don't watch too, too much TV and stuff like that, but definitely love Star Wars. I'm, I'm, I got the, the Disney year pass, so I'm hoping to go to uh, the Star Wars land that's coming out. Um, but uh, yeah, mostly doing the basketball thing right now. Once basketball season's over, um, I'll probably get into some other things. I was playing some video games for a while, but uh yeah, mostly at this point, just, you know, trying to follow my passions. You know, like I said, you charge your, you charge the right amount, you get the right clients, you get enough free time to think about what it is that you want to do. And that's really what I've been focused on right now and just trying to 
you know, work with guys like you who like I can bounce off ideas off of this is what I'm talking about networking, right? Like I talk to you guys a lot and a lot of times just bounce an idea. I'm like, hey, man, what do you think if I did this? And sometimes you say it's great. Other times you're like, no, I don't I don't think that's your thing. <laughs> and that's what you need. That's what you need. So but if you don't have time to do it, if you're in traffic all day, driving to work nine to five, you're, you're stuck. You can't really communicate outside of that. And then by the time you get home, you're too tired or you have a life outside of it. Then there's very little time um to figure that out and that's kind of a sad situation so um that's really what my focus is now and i really want to help others reach that so i cannot stress enough like i said i had to meet up several people i already met with and i feel like i gave them some pretty good advice and stuff like that so if you want to reach out that's the first step of of improving um your career starting it is to simply just email me um and we can start from there Man, you are like Real a workaholic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, I'm really not though, Lee. Honestly, like, I, I, you know, like I always tell you, like, oh yeah, I'm just hanging out today. You know, like that's the thing. You gotta, you gotta. I limit the amount of hours I spend on paid work, and every other time I'm either reading, um, doing something like playing video games, which will get my mind going, um, or working on something personal, or just communicating with people. I'll go and network. You know, I'll spend that time networking because just you know, your ideas start spinning and you have the skill set to do it. It just takes that first initial spark. But if you don't have the time, you got to, you know, you just, it never happens. So you would say that I'm busy, but I'm really not as busy as you think. You know what I mean? In a what's sense a, of nine to five work. What's the last video game you played? Uh, NBA 2K19. Actually, <laughs> I just played today. So I who, had a lunch yeah, before the finals. I'm actually rooting for Toronto. Okay, cool. um, I'm a LeBron fan, so yeah, I'm like too. super salty that he's he didn't make it this year. So uh, I, I'd like to see the Warriors lose, but last night was, man, what a close game last night. So I'd like to see Toronto win, but I, I'm that's like, I don't know if it's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I'm So for if you're Toronto. a betting man. I'd have to go with the Warriors, man. They're too good. And even though they have the injuries, like, ah, oh, man, Steph Curry is... He's unbelievable. <laughs> you know, like, he's unbelievable. Like, some people are just so talented, man. And, like, this is what I'm saying. He's a talented guy. He's getting paid top dollar. If you're a talented developer, uh, designer, uh, marketing professional, you should be doing the same thing. Because everybody <laughs> else out there is doing it. Like, even if the pe- for the people that tell me, oh, it's not all about money. Yeah, I know it's not all about it. But at some point, you're going to be stressed out. And you're going to say, is this worth it? And you need to be able to say yes. That's the one thing that has to happen. So as long as that's happening, if you're like, hey, at your most stressed moment, you're like, Roy, you know what? I actually am good. Like, you know, I'm good with that. Then, okay, then I have nothing else to teach you. Then you've already reached where I'm at. Um, But if you're not there, that's the person that I want to help. Because everybody's number is different. You know what I mean? Like like some people might say, oh, I only need this. And maybe they do, right? They live like in a van (laughs) or something. And like they're like traveling the country, right? Like they're just, they got the internet satellite thing. And who knows what their thing is? So I don't know what someone needs, but you need to meet those needs and exceed them emergency purposes. Because there's no insurance and stuff for freelancers. Unless you're like me, your wife works and then you're you're (laughs) Your wife goes to work. You keep going back to the uh, the insurance stuff, but... uh, (laughs) Do yeah. you you mentioned you are a Star Wars fan? Are you excited about the the new um, movie that's coming out later this year? I actually I am because I went and saw the Endgame 
um, movie and they had like a preview of it. And I thought it was pretty cool. I like the newer ones, to be honest. And I'm always watching the Star Wars marathon. Like every weekend, honestly, I feel like I watched, I rewatched it because now on TNT or something, they literally play it every really? weekend. Like every single one. Yeah, I don't know if you know about it. You need to jump <laughs> on it. But uh, me and my wife actually, uh, we're big into it. Um, so I'm excited for the new one. I think it looks really cool. I like the solo movie. I know it a lot was of people really said they didn't like it. I, I liked it. Yeah. I, it I liked good. it. I liked it. So I've liked all the newer ones. Um, so I'm excited. And I really want to check out the Star Wars land. I think. Yeah, that should be cool. I've been to Disney a bunch this year. And like, you know, a lot of their stuff is kind of old. So it's not as like, oh, man, you know, and you're older now, you know, like the kids, they love it. But like I, I heard Star Wars, the Star Wars thing is going to be like the best thing they've ever done and like really immersive so we'll see. So yeah, I'm really into the Star Wars. So anytime you guys want to do the, the Star Wars marathon, <laughs> I'm pretty much down for it. Do you think Luke's going to be in the last one? Yeah. I don't know, man. I can't. It's even called guess Rise of Skywalker, but they killed them all. That's so. the thing. That's what I asked because they said it's the last one. So I was even asking my wife about. It. I'm like, they said it's the last one, but it's the rise. So that 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 means it's the beginning. So like, where are we at here? Um, so I'm interested to see what happens. I like all the new characters. I think it's cool. I actually have the Star Wars game too. So when I first got my first Xbox, actually just like a year or two ago, because I wasn't a big gamer at all. I never really played games um, a lot. So I got, that was the first game that I got um, was the Star Wars. And I played, yep, Battlefront. I played it like forever. Like yeah. I beat the game basically. <laughs> and um, then I just was like, oh, games are pretty cool. So I started moving on to uh, Need for Speed. I did, um, but NBA 2K I love because I love basketball. Like I said, I play basketball every morning, 7 a.m., yeah, so cool. it's like a thing for me. So it's, yeah, I'm a big sports person. Awesome. Um, I don't know anything about basketball. <laughs> I, I couldn't even tell you who, who LeBron plays for. <laughs> yeah. The Lakers, man. Of yeah, course. I thought he, it was either the Heat or the Lakers. Well, the Heat was a while ago. He used to play remember. for the Heat. Yeah. Was it a while yeah. ago? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm a compa- I'm a competitive person, so I love watching sports. Fair enough. Yeah, I like baseball, but it's more of just like a hangout and drink beer kind of thing than anything else. Same thing with golf. Yeah, yeah. Well, me and my wife, we watch college football very heavily, so we'll literally spend all Saturday from 8 a.m. to the time that college game day starts till literally till we fall asleep. We're watching game after. We have our team, but Wait, we watch every every single game. Well, I went to the University of Alabama, so that's yeah. like our main team, but I grew up a Miami Hurricanes fan. Okay. So we watch both of those games. We always watch them play. And then we watch any games in between, any good games that are happening. And then like the West Coast game doesn't start till like 10.30 at night. So I'll watch that one and like fall asleep on the couch. So we're huge college football fans. We went to the game that was here last year, Alabama-Louisville. And then this year I'm going to the Miami-Florida game that's local. So that's, if there's anything like for those three months or so, like everything stops on Saturday. There's absolutely no work happening. <laughs> Don't ask me to go anywhere because we're not going anywhere. Um, we're literally at home, like cooking chicken wings and nachos and watching games. And my wife actually gets pretty crazy. She'll start screaming and she gets more emotional than I do. I'm going to be honest. And she wasn't really watching a lot of football before we got together. Um, and for a while she was like, oh, I don't like football. And then like after a few years, she just gave in basically but now she loves it she knows who all the players are so it's like once you kind of get into it and you know it on that level and like college is cool because you watch them get older and like kind of progress um we we really really get into it and then i even watch the draft so i'll watch the entire nfl draft 
um, from the first to the last pick, like the whole weekend, because um, I'm just that much into it. And I used to be into college recruiting. So like I used to be heavily into the industry. So I don't follow it as much as I used to, but I still, you know, have my sort of rituals of following the, the sporting events. Is Alabama uh, Crimson Tide? Yes, they are. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Florida Gator, so I can't really root for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just throw out Go Gators on the end of that. Um, yeah, roll, t- roll Tide. <laughs> Somebody actually walked up to me in a restaurant and was like, the restaurant manager, he's like, hey, how's your food? And I was wearing a Gator shirt, and he's like, Oh yeah, I'm glad Shamil's going well. It's unfortunate that you're a Gator fan that walked away. It's like, uh, yeah, whatever. People man. get pretty serious. That's the thing. Like, people actually get really serious about it. Like, some some of my like friends or my wife's friends, they'll be like FSU fans and stuff. And like, I'll be like, why are you wearing that shirt? Like, you shouldn't wear that thing in public. <laughs> you know, like if they have a Florida State shirt on or something. So it gets pretty, it gets pretty deep. So I, I like I just grew up in it. I played sports my whole life. Actually, I, I played a lot of sports and I didn't have a lot of friends that actually were like into development or anything like that. So it's actually kind of weird that I got into it. Um, I used to be the only one like I remember in college, like my friend in, on the team had like a web development class or just some basic thing you had to take like as one of your preliminary classes. But I wasn't in it. But I used to help him with it all the time. He'd be like, oh, come. I would like literally come to his class when he was taking a quiz because it was like an open sort of scenario where you're just kind of sitting there. So like I've always been that person that people knew was into computers. So it was like natural when I started my career that like I just worked in sports because everybody was like, oh, you need a website or you need a highlight video or anything technical. Basically, they would just that's how I got it. And that's why I say niche is important, because if people just know you for that, the skill set is secondary. That's just the, that's the second part that's important. But the first part is that you, you're a part of that community. You know what I mean? And there's plenty in every niche. There's plenty of opportunity like that. So that's really, as you can see, I'm very passionate about it. I pay attention to it heavily. So if I do run into someone who needs like a sports app or something of that nature, we could talk for two hours about our favorite sports thing before we ever get to the cost of their application. And at that point, they're very open. They're like relaxed. They're not in negotiation mode. They really like you. And it's like, like one of the, one of the agencies that I do kind of some contracting work for to fill in my time to, you know, make my money. They went they're they're from Alabama. So it's an Alabama agency and they do kind of like national, they work with national brands. And the guy found me because I was an alumni of the university of Alabama. As you can imagine, there's probably not as much talent in Alabama as there is in a place like Florida, just pure population and stuff of that. I feel like there's so a he found me. in there somewhere. <laughs> probably so like that's an instant connection when we started talking my main when i saw that he went to alabama i was like oh you know i was of course said roll tide and like you know made sure we made that connection then he actually went to the game that was down here he came down here and went to disney so we talked about that where we sat how the game was and then we got into what was this job all about by that time i mean you know everything worked out because we were already pretty cool. They could have got anybody. He literally cold messaged me off LinkedIn. So anybody, it could have been anyone, but that connection that I had because that was my interest, it was real simple to take that next step and say, yeah, I can also do that for you. Um, and that's it. So that's a, it's key. It's key to leverage that. And there's people out there that don't have such a deep, like, I guess history, like in whatever community, or they may not have grown up with a lot of different friends. But the way it is online now, you can instantly meet people that are like-minded. I mean, there's definitely a video game meetup somewhere 
Um, there, you know what I mean? Like there's always, you have to just be willing. That's the hardest part is being willing to kind of step out of your comfort zone and just go meet people. But then you realize it's not so bad. Like we go to the meetups, everybody, no one knows how to network, but if you just let people hang out, like they're talking and networking the whole time and they don't even, they don't even know that they're doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Like I had a guy who was like, Roy, you know, cause I have a niche site that I monetize and he's like, well, I have nothing that I'm interested in. But then he was like telling me forever about like credit cards and like this finance thing that he, you know, this Excel thing that he put together, this app for his finances. I'm like, dude, what do you mean? Like you're an expert at this stuff. You're teaching me how to get like the right credit cards and get certain rewards and how you got this free hotel because you did this, this and that. I'm like that. I mean, that's valuable information. So they say they have nothing and they're, they don't know how to network, but they're actually very good at it. Right. Um, so leave it to Roy to uh, kind of wrap us back <laughs> onto the, uh, the tips and tricks. So hopefully everybody was paying attention and listening. That's, my, that's kind of my MO. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully everybody stayed with us through the end, uh, through all the football. They definitely did. They, they definitely did. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I we'll think, sign um, off, man. Cut me off. No more yeah. drinks. Last yeah. call. So we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up here. Um, thank you so, so much thank for you. coming on the show and, and offering all your advice. I appreciate you guys. Yeah, I and, appreciate um, it. Definitely keep an eye out for uh, the Tech Junior site, and we will link to um, all of Roy's projects and his contact information so you can get in touch with him. Thank you, guys. All right. All right thanks all right. again, Roy. Thanks for listening to Tech Junior. For show notes and previous episodes, head on over to techjunior.dev. You can find us on Twitter at Tech Junior Podcast. I'm at Lee Warwick Jr. Eddie is at ED0TER0. And join us next week where we're going to have an awesome interview with Michael Kimball talking about how you can get into Java programming. All right. Bye.